Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. So, this is the first in a series on church communication. And there are three main areas that we're going to look at as far as what happens in a church in communication. All right. Um, The first is going to be more or less the sermon. And the sermon, oddly enough, uh, is really, I guess, the focus of most churches uh, programs and that's why they pay a pastor and they expect that guy to do a good job up at the pulpit well you'll hear preachers say well I'm just not a very good pulpiteer or something of that nature and That may be true, however, there's no reason to stay that way. But the communication situation is really, and and this is kind of interesting, uh, no different than a public speech, all right? So all of my training in years uh, outside of my seminary degree is devoted to speech and public address. And uh, not solely that, because organizational communication was was my specialization. But ever since I was in high school, which would be secondary to, to a lot of people, that's something that I just kind of specialized in, in public address. Public address scares people. It is one of the top three things that scares people the most. Uh, I think it might be number three, actually. It just depends on what study you're looking at. But it's usually in the top three, is speaking in public. Which is probably why we look at preachers with such awe and just amazement. Oh my goodness, that person can get up in front of people and speak without throwing up. That's amazing. And I kind of get that. I mean, you know, I, I get it. I understand. Here's the thing. That type of communication, though, depending on what church you're going to, is not usually very interactive. So there are different ways of doing that. And I mean just the presentation style of the person. Uh, a lot of... African-American churches are really interactive, and I love that. Uh, Because when the preacher says something, he'll say, can I get a witness? And somebody in the congregation will say something back. And there's this back-and-forth interaction, and that's that's actually a lot more two-way conversation. Two-way type stuff. And sometimes, you know, even with your standard evangelical groups... uh, 
and even your liturgical groups, you'll see people do nonverbal communication. They'll, you might hear an amen, but you'll probably hear a nod or something of that nature. Now, every church tradition is a little different, but what you usually run into is you got a preacher, and you have, hopefully, a Bible passage, and then you have a message. Depending on uh, what seminary method they were taught, uh, a lot of preachers stick with a seven-method or a seven-point sermon. Now, the seven-point sermon is you got your introduction as number one, and number seven is your conclusion, and then you've got five points that you need to make in between. That doesn't mean every preacher does that. But normally, and this is the, this is the kind of uh, hard part, is you've got them up on a raised podium, and they talk, and you and the congregation is anticipated to sit down and shut up. Which is, um, you know, not always productive. As someone who's given sermons, and someone who's been through preaching, and done a lot of public address, um, I do got to tell you that it is uh, not, quote-unquote, a... Uh, a skill I think everyone has in equal measure. But... Uh, I've seen pastors that were not what you would call quote unquote great pulpiteers who were more well rounded. In other words, they knew how to do interpersonal communication and small group communication, which we'll talk about in the later podcasts. But this one has more to do with the public address. So the preacher's up there and he's on a raised podium. Well, where did we get that from? Oddly enough, we got that from the Jewish synagogue. Now, the podium itself, originally, at least in the Jewish synagogues, was lower than your audience, where they looked down, and uh, oddly enough, here's another kicker, in uh, the Second Temple period anyway, in Jesus' day, anyone, any male, in fact, any female who was really well-versed and known to be so, could be asked to come and present and give their opinion on the scripture passage that was being read. And there was a specific scripture passage that was rotated. I think it was on a three-year cycle. But the thing is, anyone in the congregation who was attending could be asked. Now, there's a kicker for you. What if when you come to church, all of a sudden the preacher points to you and says, okay, you're giving the sermon today. Come on up. You know, most people just like pass out or, you know, no, that ain't happening. Now, unfortunately, because the uh, fear of public speaking is so huge and people who are willing to actually do it uh, whether they're good at it or not, if they got the brass to get up there and do it, um, are looked at as some kind of uh, 
magical being, uh, public speakers tend to be elevated above other people. In fact, we even do that, what, in the church. Why? Because you've got the elevated platform. Now, the kicker is, is, yeah, they're elevated because they're easier to see, right? That's why we do that. But, uh, unfortunately, up on the platform, it tends to get to some ministers' heads where they actually think they are above other people. And that is not good. That's the definition of no bueno. So, the situation is, I've found that the more conversational that a sermon can be, the better it is. The more relatable, the more real. What really just goes right up my spine is when people pontificate. And I've done that myself, okay? So I've been guilty of pontification. Let me explain what that word is. A pontificator is the person who has the voice, and they get the voice, and then they they have to do each and everything to emphasize. So it becomes basically a drama performance. So here's the thing. If I want drama, I'll go to a play, and I'll expect drama. Uh, a lot of people go to church to expect drama. Uh, and to look at a performance. That's not what Jesus was doing. Okay? That's not what Paul was doing. That's not what Peter was doing. That's not what anyone in the New Testament was doing. Because to them it was hugely important that the message get out there correctly. So, uh, but unfortunately we've, we've... actually made um, public address kind of a out, you know, sort of a, a semi-art form like uh, like drama, like being an actor. Well, the only problem with that is it's fake. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the individual's motives, okay, that's great, but when you're acting like this and you're, and you're making things like this number one it after a while that starts to put people to sleep but number two people are just sick of that kind of stuff unless they're there to see a show and if you're there to see a show you're not there to grow that's the thing conversational conversational some of the best not performers huh gee preachers yeah that I've run into were able to sound conversational. Now, everyone, myself included, when you get up on the platform and you're talking to a large number of people, tend to have sort of the same kind of format and a little bit similar feel. Why? Because you're really not having a two-way conversation that's immediate. You can see nonverbal things that are going on but sometimes those lights are pretty dang bright and they're in your eyes and you can't see beyond your notes so you're talking from your notes 
and you're trying to to get your points across and you're kind of in your head quite a bit so really you're not noticing a ton of stuff out in the audience or the congregation and I guess that's a difference too, right? See, if you got a performer, you have an audience. If you have a preacher, you have a congregation. And that's really the way that ought to be. There are entire classes devoted to homiletics. Homiletics is the science and art of preaching. And there are some people that are absolutely known for it. Not the least of which was Charles Haydn Spurgeon at Metropolitan Tabernacle in London. He was a, this was like, I think the 1800s. He was a very uh, rotund kind of individual. Very uh, strong voice, strong presence, bigger than life. And he could literally... Uh, he didn't need a microphone. In fact, uh, and a lot of the older churches were built where the the acoustics were so good, you really didn't need a microphone. But he could uh, boom his voice, and 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 he preached a lot, and it was fantastic. I mean, some of the stuff that uh, he's got uh, written down as far as presentation styles and stuff it's kind of interesting um and he has a book that i have a copy of a very old copy of called uh, his lectures to his students where he's actually uh talking to his uh seminary students about different behaviors people have at the uh at the platform uh the tail waggers uh, used to be they had coats that had tails in the back and he said you know there would be preachers that would put their hands behind their back and and flip those tails up so it'd be the tail waggers it's pretty pretty fascinating but anyway once again i really really feel like that the more natural conversational and down to earth that the public presentation can be if it's got to be one way, I would really like to see it that way. And that's just my own opinion. People, if you, if you, if you go to church to see a performance and it's not a drama group, in other words, you're looking for a performance out of your pastors, uh, that's a problem. Because if they feel like they've got to put on a show, then they're going to have to compromise some stuff. If it's conversational, then it can be a man who God has selected, who the body has voted on, to be in front, to lead, and to give, a, give the message. And by the way, you don't have to have just the senior pastor do that, or the teacher pastor do that. Anyone who's got pastor stuck on their blooming name, needs to have the ability to do that. I mean, that's what a pastor does. They teach and, you know, and preach to the congregation for building up the congregation. So, that's important. One thing that Paul, the Apostle, mentions specifically in 1 Corinthians, 
in chapters 12 and 13 is the, the gift of prophecy. Now, when we hear that, we hear telling the future, okay? But here's what Paul's saying. A prophet or someone with a gift of prophecy is able to tell the word of God, to proclaim the word of God, the, the word that God has given them. Whether it's in their heart or in their hands, they proclaim the word God's given them. Now, if it happens to be about the future and it comes true, then that's a, forth, a foretelling, right? But more often than not, Paul's talking about forth-telling, telling forth the Word of God, putting it out there. And that's massively important, and he says uh, that is huge over, over the other gifts because it builds up the body. It builds up the church. It builds up the individual. The next time you hear a sermon, see if you can make notes you don't have to transcribe the whole sermon. But if, if you can't tell how many points that the pastor is making or the preacher is making at that point, then you might want to let them know. Uh, hey, bro, or hey, sister, that was a wild sermon. Uh, it sounded great, but I don't have the foggiest clue what you're talking about. Because none of your points made any sense, and I really couldn't tell how many points you had. That's a problem with the presentation. As someone who has taught speech at a university, I am telling you, that's a problem with the presenter. If the people can't reasonably tell how many points they have and what they are. So anyway... With that in mind, remember that kind of communication is super important. And think about Jesus when he was out teaching the masses, sitting on the hillside. That's what I try to try to do. So if you are a presenter and you do a Sunday school class or you preach, God bless you. And try to make it in your mind thinking... You know, if Jesus was sitting there and he was just talking to the masses, what would that sound like? See if you can do that. And I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.